Hi, everyone. Welcome to an episode of Everything is Canon, a Cinelinks podcast, a podcast where we invite marginalized authors from all genres onto the show to discuss their latest books and novels, as well as just about anything else that comes to mind. I'm your host, Steve Dunk, and thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to reach me, there are several ways to do so, but the best way is to email me at steve at cinelinks.com, or you can always find me on Twitter, of course, at stevedunk5 or at everythingcanon. And so, without further ado, let's get the show on the road and meet today's guest. Welcome to the show. As always the case, we will continue to encourage supporting authors and stories that affirm the lives of people other than ourselves each time we either engage in a conversation, whether it be online or face-to-face, or each time we participate in the market with our purchasing choices. A reminder, February is Black History Month in the U.S., a time when we remember important people and events in the history of the African diaspora. And while we should be doing things to support the Black communities all year long, this is a specific time to support, share, and boost causes and businesses in the Black community. I'll certainly post some links of some ways you can support after the show. Okay, Dapo Adiola is a, an award-winning illustrator and designer who creates characters and images that challenge expectations around race and gender in a fun and upbeat way. He's the co-creator and illustrator of best-selling picture book, Look Up, winner of the Waterstones Children's Book Prize and the number one debut picture book of 2019. London-born and bred out of Nigerian heritage, when he's not busy cooking up new characters and adventures, you can find Dapo running illustration and character design workshops with children or organizing events to help highlighting the possibilities of a career in illustration to underrepresented members of the Black diaspora. He's here today, though, to talk about his new book, Hey You, an empowering celebration of growing up Black, which is described as this groundbreaking picture book is a lyrical, inspirational exploration of growing up Black, written, of course, by award-winning illustrator Dapo Adiola and brought to life by some of the most exciting Black illustration talents working today, 18 of them to be exact. Please welcome to the show, Dapo Adiola. Hi, Dapo. Hey, buddy. Hi. How are you? Good, good, good. Yes, I know. It's always weird because we were just talking. So it's like that's we have to That's not even the weird part. Like, it's what's weird for me is listening to people like, talk about my career or my, I, my work that's so, always that i don't know it just never gets i never get used to that like right it's, it's, it's kind of weird to me i talk uh, about that so much on this show you know if you ever go back and listen to it chances are it comes up because you know like i just had i just talked to um had tochi on the show and yeah. uh you know he's he's been on before and we talk all the time and his like and ideally, you want that to get longer, right? You want your career to, <laughs> to keep going, <laughs> and it's supposed to get longer. But yeah, the, I, we always talk about how weird that is, not only for me to just read that to you. I mean, because I'm not reading it to you and reading it to the audience, hopefully. But yeah, yeah. Um, that's the idea that it's somebody listening for the first time or whatever. But um, but yeah, it is. I know it is odd for you to sit there and listen to all that sort of ramble off. And I remember I was talking to, you know, Fenderson, uh, Jelly Clark one time and and it was just, and I had to cut it down because his his resume is fucking stacked, right? And uh, and we get to the end, and he's just like, "Did I do all that?" <laughs> right? Like this is this is this is why it's weird. Yeah. This is why it's weird because it's like, okay, the a lot of people don't know this, but the majority of my um, career happened during the pandemic. So right, when we right. went into the pandemic, we were we had only been published in the UK for from June for about nine months we've been published in the uk yeah about nine months right and then we were in a pandemic and we only had the one book in the uk out now we're on this end of the pandemic and i've got going on almost 11 books Mm. um out 
like from one book to 11, that's a lot to happen during that, you know, pandemic. And we won the Waterstones Award during the pandemic and so much happened during that period of time. So to hear it all kind of, you know, spell out or, or, or um, listed, that's just, yeah, I, I can't get used to that yet. So yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's the reaction. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Cause it is, it's still a, it's fresh. It's new. Yeah. It's happened. Yeah. So much has happened so quickly. And yeah, I've talked to a lot of authors who are strictly pandemic authors cause they debuted in 2020. Right. So, right. And right. now they've, and now they've got another, a second book out or a third in some cases. And right. um, they have a career now and it will happen during this transition right, in the right. world. It's so um, nuts. Um, and you know, like yeah. just talk, you know, looking at, again, talking to Tochi the other day and we were talking about, cause I was, you know, his book was, I had an arc of it. And, and the first, you know, usually when you get arcs, you've probably seen this where the, the publisher will list sort of like the marketing plan, right. For the book. And the first thing that's listed is a national tour, <laughs> right? Because when they would have printed that, it would have been maybe a year ago, year and a half ago, thinking we'd be out of it by now. Right. But here we are. <laughs> Still mm-hmm. not out of mm-hmm. it, so mm-hmm. yeah. Like, that's, and now, uh, everything's adjusting now it's like okay well i guess we're going to be in this forever so we might as well just adjust our attitudes to suit it's an it's an endemic it's an endemic now yeah where we just accept that it's going to be around forever and 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 how we deal with it is is what's more important how we manage it i guess it's part of the new normal that's right that's right um i've had so many talks with so many good you know good people especially authors who you know to see what sort of stories are born birthed from this this part of our lives you know you know mm. will will they be hopeful or cynical or um mm. it's it's i find it, it how can you write a contemporary let's say you write contemporary stories how can you write a contemporary story because this thing is so huge because it's affected everyone around the world in some way it's pretty tough to write mm-hmm. a contemporary story and not acknowledge it like it doesn't have to be the mm. focus of the book of the story right but mm. It's. I think in children's we get li- we get to take liberties. Well, children's, in, in children's of course, right? Children, fantasy, these yeah. things like that, of course. But I just mean like mm-hmm. a straight up contemporary, like a book that takes place in 2021 in New York City, let's say, right? Or mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's, it's tough to avoid, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. so that's that's a good thing about uh, sort of the waters you swim in, right? Is that you're able to sort of yeah. create a bit of sort of fantastical fiction and and uh, you get to take liberties with the truth a little bit more. Yeah, um, and also like you know you'd have to really think of the reason why you're choosing to center your book in this particular time yes. that we're in. Yeah. So like, if you yep. are, if you're making that decision, you kind of have to, it's, it has to be a conscious decision. And that's right. you can't, I, I wouldn't advise anybody to make that decision and not sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah. factor, not factor that into your storytelling somehow. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, like you said, is it, is it coming from a place of, of hope? You know, are you are you trying to sort of like find those those handful of bright spots, bright spots, yeah. silver linings? Yeah. yeah. Or or are you just prone to sort of, you know, direness and whatever? But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of it. But um, yes, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, I know that uh, I was watching an interview with you, actually, and you you mentioned this was well oh, before. No. which yeah. one did you watch? Well, I, I don't <laughs> remember, actually, but I just it was just a quick thing where I think you had said something about talking about the release of this book in the u.s and you were hoping to get to the u.s and promote it right during black history month and 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 obviously that's uh obviously that's not happening and uh it is it's too bad but um we'll talk a bit about that but i actually want to start with uh, the recent announcement uh about the new book um 
because that sounds incredible. And you've just like the talent you've managed to get together for is, is, is it just joyful or is it joyful, 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 joyful. Okay. Yeah. Joyful, joyful. joyful. So tell me about that. um, Yeah. Uh, joyful joyful is so it's so crazy so like this book is pretty much i thought i thought initially i thought hey you was like the culmination of my career so far like all my ambitions in the industry so far but i think i think joyful joyful is more that um so when i came into the industry uh, around 2018 we signed our first book deal in 2017 and i started kind of dipping my toe into the industry in terms of learning the landscape meeting people getting to know what it's all about in 2018 and one of the first things that hit me was you know, in the UK, the lack of Black British um, talent in children's publishing. You know, there were a small, very small handful of writers and very small handful of illustrators. In fact, there was like one illustrator at the time, uh, a gentleman called Ken Wilson-Max, who's also in this anthology. But he was like the only illustrator that people kind of knew of in children's publishing in the UK, um, in commercial children's publishing in the UK. And then I was also being mentioned in the same conversations as him, in spite of the fact that I wasn't published. So you can't count me in into the discussion if I don't actually have any books out yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but people were but people were trying to include me in that conversation. And that was problematic for me. So one of the first things I did was just, you know, did a little bit of research to find out if this was true and it was. And then I um I, I kind of I put out a tweet at the time just kind of asking who you know, I, I made a small list of Black British authors and I put a tweet out asking for people to add to the list and people were just giving me so many different names, you know, so many amazing, talented authors, a lot of YA authors and a lot of ad- ad- adult novel um, novelists, um, you know, but not that many in the way of children's again. So that was the first thing. Then I put another tweet out about a couple of months later asking about Black illustration talent in the UK industry, you know, um, and there were, there wasn't that many. I put, um, what, what did I do? I put out a Q and a for people to answer for illustrators to answer just to, you know, just to, to let me know what would they need from the industry? If they, if they wanted to be a part of it, what would they need the landscape to be like? And then I also, um, started a thread for people to post their, um, illustration, talent as black british illustrators so all these things really kind of took off on twitter right you know they grew their legs and it caught the eye of a lot of people in publishing um and then i started working on an idea to kind of bring together the talent in terms of the authors and the illustrators in a project in a book i'm like well you know if we can do a book and we can put all this talent in the one book we can you know forgive the expression but you can kill many birds with the one stone by doing this one thing you know and also it's an opportunity to get well-established talent um, paired up alongside lesser established talent to kind of just sh- um, share that spotlight. Um, at the time, this is where it gets a bit nuts. At the time, um, I took the idea um, to put, put together a pitch with the help of my friend Amy. And we went to, I went to Macmillan with the idea because I was um, due to do a book with them. So I went to them with the idea, a lovely editor called Helen, who's the um, editor on the book. She took it on board and she took it to meetings and she tried so hard at the time. This is 2019. January she tried so hard to get it through the door and she just kept getting met with different excuses as you do you know I've heard them all before at this stage you know oh you know it's just not really the thing that we think is going to work we're not sure we're not sure and as with most I think as with a lot of talent in the industry at the moment things shifted when we hit the BLM protests last year right and 
suddenly I feel, and I felt this, suddenly a lot of um, publishers in the industry started to kind of look through their their pitches and offers and, you know, plus interviews they had for the black talent. And suddenly everything was possible, you know. Um, the two projects that I'm kind of mostly known for, the two p- projects that I've done myself that I'm known for, um, Joyful Joyful and Hey You, both were greenlit at that time. Um, for different reasons so hey you was greenlit because my my editor joe from puffin he asked me i put a tweet out you know saying that we need to be talking about this kind of thing in children's picture books because we can talk about so many different things we need to be talking about this kind of thing so he put a tweet out asking um, he, he put um an email together asking me how would i approach this and that's how hey you was born but with joyful joyful um the publisher i this is this is literally how i feel it happened right i wasn't in the room but this is how i feel it happened based on the chain of events i feel like they saw that this book was something that we were trying to push through and you know given the way the times were they decided to give it a shot and the way that i look at things is any any opportunity to do what i'm going to what I'm trying to do within reason of course any opportunity to do what I'm trying to do I'm going to take it because I'm thinking about the end product if that makes any sense so as soon as it was greenlit I wasn't too bothered about how it got here I was like okay we've got the okay to do this thing let's make it the best book we can make it you know Mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of like the history of how Joyful Joyful came about um couple things there. So you mentioned, you know, like certain events, that's the thing. We weren't just in a pandemic, like also socially, the fabric of social society was being fucking torn apart. <laughs> right? Like at the same time, it wasn't enough that it wasn't enough. Right. It wasn't enough. We had a hundred year pandemic. It was, you know, the society was also falling apart. Um, and yeah, to your point, we had, you know, Black Lives Matter and all these protests and of course, George Floyd. And we'll talk a bit about that. Cause I know that was the inspiration behind, uh, or maybe not the inspiration, but you know, the spark maybe, but it was the spark. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. Um, but so to your point there, you said, so suddenly a lot of, a lot of opportunities were available to the, to marginalized communities that weren't before. And I'm just wondering what this is, well, this will sort of tell me what type of person you are. If, are you cynical? Are because these opportunities were suddenly made available, and from a from an industry publishing, which you can literally hear the cynicism in my voice yeah. when I say those things. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I'm cynical. Yeah. I'm very cynical. I'm you know, and and for people that have been around long enough, we've seen these trends come and go, haven't we? Um, and this sort of talks about this idea with even having a Black History Month, right? Like. Uh, that's the only time of the year when we're supposed to support black communities, right? It's, like a, it's, it's a, a band-aid. It is. And, it, and, you know, I don't want to turn this into one of those, but it yeah. will, you know, you turn it back to to sort of what you just said a little bit more. But so when, when you saw that and you saw the industry sort of turn to black authors or black opportunities, you know, and how did you feel about it? And, and, and you're right to take advantage of it, I think, for sure, 100%, right? You're like, you're going to grab it while you can and, and you know, and try and change things maybe from the inside, let's say. But was there a bit of you that was just like, you know what? I Fuck, we've seen this before, it, you know. So yeah. I personally hadn't seen it before because you have to remember I was still new to right, the industry. Right, but right. I'd, but, I'd but heard been, of it. But you're a grown I'd man. Heard of it you're before. a grown black man. Right. Though, right. And yeah. Right. As as a grown black man, the cynicism was flaring up like crazy. Yeah. However, yeah. however, I also know how rare it is to be able to push ideas through the door. Right. The way that we, yep. we were now able to do. So what my thing was um was just, you know, with regards to my books, I can't speak on anyone else's books, but with regards to my books, I was very 
adamant that I was going to try and do something that I didn't see mm-hmm. in the industry. I was trying to trying to push the narrative forward with regards to the kind of books that we can make and how we can make books, how we can, because my, my whole thing is getting as many people through the door as possible in the one book and also doing it in an authentic and organic feeling fashion where the quality of the product that we're putting out there is without question, you know, the best it could be. You know, it's not gimmicky. It's just really good. And it showcases us as um, as a diaspora, as a community. It shows, showcases us in the best light possible. And that's that's what Hey You was. And that's what I'm hoping. Um, that's what that's what Joyful Joyful is shaping up to be, you know? Yeah, beautiful. Perfectly said. It reminds me a little bit, too, of Kwame's uh, Black Boy Joy, right? Where... Um, right. It, yeah. Only and not comparing it to necessarily, but I'm just I just mean from from this. Oh no, you can make the comparisons. <laughs> do you know why? Do you know why you can make the comparisons? Because I'm I'm reasonably in touch with what's going on overseas. So right, when right. Blackboard Joy came out, like you know, I'll, I'll be. This is me being very honest. I talk very transparently. Yep. Um, when Blackboard Joy came out, there was a bit of me that was like, ah, oh, drat. I kind of had a similar idea. You know, and this is before I found out that because Black Boy Joy, again, you know, I don't know the story. I wasn't in the room, but that popped up around the same time. All right. these books about Black Joy were suddenly popping up. Now, where I stand on it, you know, having had the idea since 2019, I don't know when Kwame had his idea. Right. But having had the idea since 2019, the cynicism was flaring up within me. I was like, oh, so these books are now popular because right. X, Y, Z is happening. Yep. Um, however, where I went with it was, you know what? In, you know, in, in publishing at large, there are more than one version of a thing allowed to exist at a time, you know, um, with, with non-Black books, there are so many different versions of a, of a similar story or, or a book on a sim, um, same, the same subject allowed to flourish and exist at the same time. Why is it that when it comes to us making books, why is it that, you know, there's only room for one on the market? So with that in mind, I was like, okay, let's make this book that we're making as different from Black Boy Joy as possible, while still kind of being able to kind of function in the same, um, how can I put this, in the same in the same arena or sit side by side on a shelf, you know? So yeah, that, that was just my thinking on that. Well, yeah, you're 100% bang on. There is more, there's fucking tons of more room for more stories like this. And yeah. the industry is massive. And to, and to your point, yeah, like, it, it, you know, they can peddle the same, <laughs> white stories all you know there's enough like there's enough white publishing stories going like even with inertia if they were just like put a cap on it today there'd be 15 more years of white published stories right <laughs> so it's like mm-hmm. you know so yeah there's there's so there's an endless amount of room you're right for the for these types of stories um and sort of the reason just comparing it was only from from the perspective that yeah it's nice it's it's, it's about fucking time we get to see these stories of black boys and young adults you know, being portrayed as other than the stereotypes that we've been handed for so long, right? Um, It's nice and finally and way past time to see them being joyful, right? Joyful, joyful. Like it's it's well past time. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy. uh, That announcement made me me smile and um, I'm very much looking forward to it, Dapo. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm gonna, I can't wait to read it. And you just, the lineup is stacked. I mean, even just even like like Farida <laughs> like Farida's announcement where she's now UK's number one, uh, what was she this year's number one uh, number UYA one debut? debut or something right like selling author or something yeah Yo, like, yeah she like, is having I'm I'm so proud of this person like Farida and I we I don't think we've met yet we haven't met yet no um but we've just you know 
Like she, she's incredible. She's yeah. absolutely incredible, and she does. She deserves all of it, like all of it, absolutely all of it. So it's like it, it's weird. It's like being proud of a family member. That's how yeah. crazy it is. But well, that's yeah, and that's she, and that's, but that's yeah. it is a family. It's a community, right? Like it's a it's a found yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a found family, but it's it's a family and. And to your point, and I love that you said this too, I want to make sure we don't, I didn't skip over this. I'm so attracted to people who this, this pay it forward mentality, right? Like whether it's, let's say it's like a DV pit or something where like a mentor or a mentee becomes a mentor or something, right? This, mm-hmm. what you said, like pairing up, you know, maybe more well-known people, creators with lesser known and just giving a, giving a, an opportunity for these lesser knowns to get out there and get their name out there. Dapo, I'm I'm so attracted to that. Like I'm so like I'm so attracted to you for saying that. Like I think it's so rad that you know I love that. I think that's amazing. I love when people do that. This whole pay pay it forward idea, right? Like I just love it. So um, I I think it needs to be paid every which way. Honestly, yeah. I think it does yeah. because you know even like I I wanted an opportunity to work with some of the greats as well. Like you know Mallory Blackman, Trish Cook, Dorothy Coombson. These are women who are who have been flying the flag in the UK for black black authors for decades between them, and they're incredible. Alex Wheatle as well you know i wanted an opportunity to work with these people yeah. as well as work yeah. with the new talent that's coming up so i'm i've been kind of just paying it forwards backwards every which way i can right you know but it, yeah it's amazing yeah. and it, that's what and that's a great position to be in too where like because to be being selfish isn't isn't always a bad thing right like so here you know you i said be, this <laughs> yeah i think there's there's healthy ways to be selfish. 100 percent right? agree yeah. And, yeah yeah and 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 you know the word in itself isn't a bad word there's that's healthy right. ways to be selfish like that's right. you know this is me being selfish and using the spotlight that's on me to negotiate an opportunity to you know work alongside people who i've admired for a long time right um but then you know, on the flip side of it, I'm also sharing that spotlight with people who people might not know of. So we are That's pairing right. up people like Mallory with um, emerging um, illustration talents and established talent like Mallory, such a powerhouse of a talent like Mallory. We're pairing her up with somebody who nobody might really know about on that <laughs> level to shine alongside Mallory. That's incredible. And then we've got like um, Rahana, who's one of the illustrators in the book. She's been paired up with Trish Cook to tell this beautiful, beautiful story. And Trish is a well-established author in the UK. So this is, this is, it's, it's very much calculated what we're doing is what I'm saying. It's very much calculated, you know, and the pairings are excellent. Like really, you know, again, I'm, I'm tooting my own horn <laughs> over here, but the pairings are very well thought out and they're excellent. You know, we have, um, one, a friend of mine, um, his name is Fumbi Omotayo. He's a comedian in the UK. So it's the way that I look at it. Fumbi and I have been friends for about 15 years. And I've read many of his um, jokes that he sent me, his sketches that he sent me. And reading them, I recognize him as an author. He mm. does not recognize himself as an author. Right. Right. But I had to sort of say to him, dude, you can do this. And mm. one of the things I wanted to do with this book was bring a talent into the industry that had never been published before, hadn't even written for children ever or written anything that's been published. And he was that talent and he came through and he blew it out of the water. The story that he's written is hilarious, absolutely hilarious. He blew it out of the water. So again, this was just another thing that we wanted to do with the book to kind of change the narrative about what is considered storytelling. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, well, and we'll we'll touch on that a little bit with Hey You, but that's just an incredible amount of labor on your part, right? Like pairing these people up with the stories and matching somebody with somebody. That's that's a, that's just a lot of work. That's a lot of hours put in because I mean you have to be like yeah. per, you have to be somewhat familiar with each person's strengths and weaknesses, right? In order to pair them up this way, 
and 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 again with hey you like we'll talk about it in a second here but like similar similar with hey you right where you had it was just you writing or um you know you had less writers obviously but still i i know you i you talked about sort of having to pair certain illustrators with with the certain passages in the book right so um that's just laborious that's just a lot of work but um so let's let's talk a little bit why kids so i uh i don't have kids i'm not planning on having kids but i read pretty much mostly ya and middle grade books um I'm constantly concerned with their well-being. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. but don't plan on having any myself. <laughs> Are the right? kids okay? <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm very it's true. Um, so it's it's just a weird uh it's a weird thing for me, but I don't want none for myself. It's just it's I can't I don't know. It's just it is what it is. But um you you tell me why why kids? Why what is it about uh children publishing that's so important to you? So what's crazy about it is I never intended to be in children's publishing. It was never my intention. Um, I was a character designer um, or, or I was trying to become a character designer. I now know it to be visual development that I do. I, I labeled it wrong. So I've been trying to learn how to do visual development for um, animation from the jump. It's the thing that really, you know, makes me excited. Um, and, you know, uh, my friend Nathan, who's the author of Look Up, which is the book that we won the Waterstones Prize with. Right. Him and I have been friends for a while. I did some visual development for him in 2010, and we've just been mates ever since. And he approached me to design the character for Rocket. And, you know, I just got so invested in it. Um, the next thing I know, this journey began, um, which took me into the industry. Now, I'd always wanted to do books, but I didn't know anything about books, if that makes any sense. I'm actually a self-taught illustrator, so I didn't study illustration Um at any establishment i'm pr pretty much patchworked all the stuff i know about this together and i'm still learning so look up was my first picture book um my agent sally Ann, that was my first experience with an agent you know my first publishing deal my first everything all happened at the age of 35 right mm -hmm. so um there was a lot of adjusting and a lot to get used to and a lot to learn about children's books right i i had a pretty um impressive collection of picture books at the time and i've been reading children's books i love picture books i'm just a huge fan of illustration period so it i was no stranger to it but when it came to learning all the the terms for things and the finer points of storytelling for children that has been the journey that i've been on so i'll give you something for hey you for example um hey you happened with a significant amount of help from my editor in terms of him understanding how i work and then um doing what an editor should be doing which is directing me in, in, in pointing me in the right direction when it came to tapping into uh, myself for the story that I was trying to tell, right? Uh -huh. So the initial first draft of Hey Yee was quite militant. And Joe is an, a very seasoned editor, brilliant, brilliant individual. And he was just like, this is great. However, you have to remember that you're writing this for children. So he asked me a question. He asked me, when was the first time in my life that I felt empowered as a Black man? And it really got me thinking about how, for me, that didn't happen until I was in like my mid-20s and mm -hmm. I kind of wished it had happened um, sooner so it changed the way that I was writing this book from you know writing to initially I was writing to like you know my future child or something and it just changed the way I was writing it to writing a book for my past self you know what would I have wanted to hear growing up as a child you know and that really changed to an extent that really changed my relationship with the industry I was working in you know um, and I think for me, um, up until that point, and this is me being very honest, up until that point, because I was only two years in the industry at the time, 
um, up until that point, I had not really given much thought to storytelling for children specifically. I was always just kind of doing it as a job to get to where I wanted to get to, where I could kind of, you know, do fantasy drawings and draw dragons and do, do all the things that make my little nerd heart skip, you know. Um, but after doing that, after writing that text, I really did start to think about storytelling specifically for preschoolers, um, preschoolers and very young children, you know, and, and how, how um, we are in this privileged position, if you will, to shape their views and their vision of the world you know uh-huh. um i'm always working in two lanes i'm always kind of trying to do the thing where i'm telling the stories for the children but i'm also trying to open up the gates in the industry for the adults who are making the content as well and it is a it is a tricky kind of balance i'm trying to achieve but i think i've done okay so far to be honest and i've had help i've definitely had help along the way i will never not credit my editors you know um whether it's helen or joe i will never not credit them because they're incredible individuals and they are very trusting individuals as well that's a huge part of this for me they trust me like you know um i've worked with other people who haven't given that trust freely or as freely as um joe and helen have so that's why we make the books that we make together you know it's uh you know like i said about it because i read so much middle grade to me great middle grade says just as much to the kids as it does to the adults right and yep. certainly certainly from a takeaway aspect and you know as it turns out representation matters right so if if you're a marginalized author and you know you're given this opportunity to finally represent right and in a lot of ways this is just as important to the adults nowadays who are buying uh these books for their children because to your point for the adults let's say the black adult who didn't have this representation in their children's books when they were growing up and so now they're reading it, reading it, looking at it, seeing it through their children's eyes who, who have this representation in their life that they just didn't have. So it's just as important for the adults, for the parents buying these books for their kids, isn't it? You know, there's the, the image of, of a, a small child sitting on their parent's lap, flipping through Hey You or something, right? Like, I mean, that's it. Like, that's, that's. That's every the fucking that's the fucking time, lottery, isn't it? <laughs> every single time someone yeah. sends me that, every single time someone send, sends me that, it melts my heart. It yeah. makes me feel so so validated, so accomplished. Yeah, just that. And I've had you know with Hey You especially, I've had so many because we we you know I say it all the time. You know, people ask what age group is this book for? I'm like, we didn't write it with a specific age group in mind. No, we yeah. wrote this book. We wrote this book for children. Um, to be read to newborns as a part of a ritual, which, you know, someone sent me a video of them doing this with their child. It just, it melted me completely. Um, We wrote this book for siblings to read to each other, older to younger. We wrote this book for children to read on their own. And we also wrote this book for the adult to read, should they need reminding of how great they are. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, to see people using it in those ways, that is just validation. That's better than, any sort of bestseller status like honestly like it's it's just it's the best yeah it's so amazing um so hey you this is sort of one of the blurbs about it It just says this book addresses honestly yet hopefully the experiences black children face growing up with systematic racism as well as providing hope for the future delivering a powerful message to a new generation of dreamers it's a message it's it's sorry it's a message that is both urgent and timeless and offers a rich and rewarding reading experience for every child 
So this uh, this book is so beautiful <laughs> to look at. Like it's stunning how beautiful it is to look at, and you know from the from the cover all the way through. And your words, Dapo, are so important and and amazing and you know all these things that i that i would think you'd hope they would be inspirational uh you know it's and yet the language is so simple of course it's for you know it's meant for children of course right like it's not going to be uh too it can't be too wordy but but it's so effective dapo i can't help you must have been super pleased with the end result i have to think um you know, both as an, of course, as an illustrator, because, you know, you contribute uh, illustrations to it. I mean, the last one in particular, you know, with the woman kissing the other woman's stomach, pregnant belly, Dapo, that's a beautiful picture. I mean, my God, <laughs> that's fucking gorgeous. Um, oh, thank you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that one's probably my favorite. I, Bex's, uh, Glenn Dunning's is maybe is up there too. Um, Bex has a wonderful shot of, and that talk with you, you yeah, know, you, you, school, you yeah, so you mentioned like yeah. this is this is sort of an all ages thing in a lot of ways, isn't it? I mean, it's it's maybe yeah. geared towards the younger audience, but yeah, you do have pictures of, of course, there's plenty of pictures of adults in the book, right? And and mm-hmm. yeah, Bex has this wonderful sort of high school hallway image, and I rec- mm-hmm. I recognize Bex's immediately because a lot of her work is on my yeah. shelf, right? From Nubia and uh, yeah, uh, uh, like home, and she's done some book covers, so um, yeah. just wonderful, but. So, and, and because you're so dialed into that community and, and of course, you know, your illustrations were going to be great. And I'm sure you just automatically knew all the people that you involved were going to just knock it out of the park, of course. But talk to me about writing this book, because uh, you know, <coughs> that's, I mean, that's like, you know, a picture book is a picture book. If, if there's no pictures, it's not a book, but <laughs> so clearly very important, but, you know, you chose to put, to put mess, attach a, you know, uh, uh, the messaging to it right so talk to me about writing this book um i'll try and keep it brief because there's a lot i can say about <laughs> writing this book right um it was it was my first book as an author yeah it was terrifying yeah. absolutely yeah. terrifying and to be dealing with such a subject i was afraid that i wouldn't do it justice i'll be honest with you because um i'm very mindful of books that come out and speak for the whole community we're not monolithic in our experiences or our thoughts so you know and and in how we are so like I was very mindful that I didn't want to do a book that preaches a monolithic experience I wanted to keep it as open as possible so um and I think about whenever I think about anything this is a part of my brain I can't switch off and it's blessing mostly curse sometimes because you need to sleep but um I think of everything as this big project right so I think of it as a multi-layered project so from the start from the moment we decided that this was going to be a multi-illustrator project, I started to think about who I would want to illustrate which spread. And I sat down with the team um, that I work with, my designer and, and, and pub, um, editor, Joe um, and Monica. I sat with them and we did this over. And this this knowledge, because I always work from a fan fan perspective first when I'm working with multiple talents. I'm a mm-hmm. fan of everybody. Right. Everybody's work that I work with, I'm a fan of some nature of your work, whether it's you as a whole and I'm a huge mega fan or I've just come across you and I really like what you do. So I always work from that perspective. So I have good knowledge of their work. So it was easy to kind of pair people up based on what I know of their style with a particular spread in the book. And all the decisions that we made paid off big time because that book works in a manner that you can literally put any page before any page and it would still flow yeah. seamlessly. It would be oh, a yeah. very seamless page turn read. 
Um, and then I also did a thing where um, as I was writing, after writing, I did like a quick, really quick thumbnail sketchy kind of uh, vision of what I would imagine each spread would look like. And then we kind of, we gave these spreads to um, the specific illustrators and we kind of kept it, you know, um, we kept it so that we, we told them that this is um, just a suggestion, right? We do not expect you to marry this idea if you if this idea works for you and you want to build on it you know you're welcome to do so if you have a better idea we want to see that you know mm. we want to see something that we didn't expect and then another thing as well was um right in this this um this this these pros I, I kind of thought to myself okay um again with the whole thing about us not being monolithic I didn't want to have this book be a gender specific journey Right. So I didn't want the character to be male or female. I just wanted it to be a book that can be read by everybody, including the non-binary community in, in, in the Black diaspora. So um, with that in mind, I gave each um, each illustrator the opportunity to introduce whichever gender they wanted to introduce as the main character, whichever color, you know, they wanted to introduce in terms of um, shade of um, tone of black, um, complexion of black, should I say. Um, you know, I gave them that opportunity as well. Um, and then the one thing that we introduced was this sunflower pattern to tie everything together right. in the book. So you would always know who the main character is in each spread based on that particular pattern. Um, and then another thing I wanted to do as well, especially, you know, with, with illustrators like Bex, I wanted all our illustrators to, um, to even be representative of the variety of, you know, blackness that you can find in the diaspora. You know, we, we wanted to have people from the LGBTQ plus community in there. Um, we also wanted to have just people from different areas of um, the, 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 the diaspora in there as well. And we managed to do that. Like, it's just so well fleshed out, uh -huh. you know? Um, yeah. So th these were, these were my thoughts. It's weird, but these were my thoughts when writing the book. Right. So like um, at no point was I solely focusing on the text on its own. I was always thinking of the text as part of the bigger project. Right. Right. But I mean, even like when you sit down to like something like um, just flipping through them here, like uh, I mean, some of them seem, you know, sort of things that we've we've all sort of maybe seen or thought about or you know iterated out loud sometimes like you know others will like for example this one others will try to tell our stories for us even erase us from them all together we each have the power to create the change we wish to see in the world um you know clearly powerful right like obviously hits you know hits the mark for sure Is, are these are they are they sort of just like you have a wish board with these things written on them like these like these are quotes that that people i would think would look at the, read this book and then want to like pin these on their wall around their workstation you know so what i mean as as like inspirational that, type of things yeah that was the goal to yeah. like create a text to create a text that people want to read almost as a daily mantra to yeah yeah it does work like that so things, well yeah right yeah so that was the goal um i do not have these things written down somewhere i probably should um <laughs> we but, have a book you don't need to write them down you have a book well, yeah. well, well there it is um <laughs> yeah. but but that that was very much the goal to have that um and it, it's so crazy. It's so crazy to say this because I never want to devalue the writing process of people, but I wrote this whole text from first draft to second draft to what we have. It all happened within a month. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But that was more because it was such a pressing thing. Like it was literally once Joe and I had identified it, it was beating up against my skull and it needed to come out. 
Right. And that's why it came out so quickly and, and, and so kind of to the point and, and so raw, if you will. Um, and, you know, it just, I'm, I don't, I don't look at it as this um, exceptional piece of writing in any which way at all. I think the whole project as a whole is exceptional. And right. that's, that's, you know, because of all of its parts, not just the text. Um you know, I think the text only works as well as, as the images um, allow it to. You can read it on its own and it would be a good read, but it's an exceptional read with the images accompanying it. So um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, I'm trying to say this without kind of, you know, playing down my, my ability to, to write a text. Um, I don't know. Well, I just, I guess, yeah, go ahead. Well, let me, yeah, well, then let me, uh, you know, to to your horn <laughs> a little bit you know <laughs> like yeah for sure like listen these are very much like a daily affirmation yeah to your point type of thing right like a daily mantra yeah. right it'd be nice to like and because this isn't a long book i mean geez you could almost you could wake up in the morning you could read this thing while you're eating your cereal and then mm-hmm. you know that should, that should that should put enough zip in your zip in your step to get you out the door hopefully in a good mood and and get ready to take on the day whatever fucking challenges that brings you right we all have different things in our life that bring us uh, certain challenges, but it's, and it, what strikes me about the text is that, and please correct me if I'm wrong. It probably, these things, I feel like these are things that are probably you've been thinking about in your head on and off for a long time. Yep. Just as, again, as a, as a black adult, right. As a, as a a black adult, again, you know, you know, talking about, you know, my, my life experience from 25 onwards, um, it has been this journey to, and it's an ongoing thing, but it has been this journey to kind of figure out who I am in terms of my blackness, in terms of being a black man, especially, and mm-hmm. also how I fit, how I fit into this world and how I, you know, it, it took me a while to even understand that it's an evolution at every turn. Like I'm constantly changing. And I think, you know, my, my knowledge of people, people fight so hard to stay the same. A lot of people do this, like a lot of people fight hard to stay the same. And where I'm at right now in life is I don't know what's coming tomorrow, who I'm going to be tomorrow. Um, I don't know where, where, where all that stuff's going to take me. And it's taken me a while to kind of just let go and be okay with that. So yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's, you know, yeah. and even in this industry now, even like, you know, um, working as an, an, as an author, as an author illustrator, um, I'm changing again. I'm like, oh, so I can do this thing now. Um, I'm a storyteller. I can actually make books. Like they can actually go out into the world. People actually read them and yeah. people actually like them. So that's a new dapo now. It's like, okay, how how do I? Because um, again, I'll be really honest with you. Five years ago, I did not see this coming. Right. So you know, I'm, I'm I'm here now, and it's like, okay, what can we really do? I'm, and I'm, that's the thing. What can yeah. we do? How can we push this forward? I'm always, always, always impressed with when I will come across something like this book or like, you know, who the Fame's books, right? This, this sort of, uh, you know, cause she's an illustrator first, a storyteller second. And again, she uses simple, plain language, but all of it is so very uncomplicated. And yet the messaging is, it's, it's, it's just, to me, it's just like, um, it's, it's magic to me how you and Huda and all these other people are able, like, to me, you're, you're, you just tap into something where you're so you're able to deliver such strong messaging with, with such generally, and I'm not, this is going to sound like I'm belittling your craft. I am not, I think it's, I don't know how you fucking do it. I can't do it, (laughs) It, 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 but it's, but it is uncomplicated in a sense that like, 
you know, the art is very easily digestible, right? It's, it's, uh, you know, the shapes, That's the magic the, trick. The, yeah. Like the shapes and lines are, are easy for the, are easy on the eyes. Um, the, the text, the language is simple, but, but so effective. Yeah. I just, I just, I just so, love it. I get such a kick out of it. Yeah. So, so that's the magic trick. I don't yeah. think you're belittling, um, my craft at all, but that's the magic trick. And I, I, I say that to you as somebody who is still struggling to keep that right. Because right. I'm, I, you know, I say this to people all the time. I'm an overcomplicated artist. Like I draw so many details that I don't need and what I'm learning to do at the moment as an illustrator is to strip back my work to the bare kind of bare bones mm-hmm. you know um thinking thinking about form thinking about simplicity in how I communicate things as an illustrator so imagine um that now as an author as well and that's why you know some of the most seemingly simple picture book texts are the most effective right because right. that's what these authors have gotten really good at doing putting down just what they need to right. get this point across, you know, and occasionally they might put a little flourish in there, but they can put that flourish in there and it has such a, a profound effect because they know how to strip back. Um, we were talking a bit off air about sort of just how different parts of the world, children have different, you know, different demographics, of course, for sure, but even just different regionally, they have different access to books. Um, sometimes not at all, no access to books. Um, in the States right now, a hot topic is book banning, right? A lot of these red states in particular, oh like the, the conservative states are fucking like just, you know, it's, 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 it's so obscene. I don't even have the language anymore. Like I can only say fuck enough times, right? Like I'm so angry about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's so obscene. And, and so this again, speaks to just accessibility to these important stories. And it's really important with kids because again, one interview with you, I saw, which I thought was really great. You have this really, this was such a great line and I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. This wasn't exactly it, but it's gets to the heart of it. You said, you know, we're always explaining race to non-black people. It's never for us. There are conversations Mm -hmm. we have to have amongst ourselves with the youngsters in our community. So they know what to expect when they step out into the world. And that's tough to fucking do if books are banned, if, 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 you, if you are unfortunate to be in a demographic or live in a certain part of the world where you can't get, where you don't have access to books, where maybe like there's not right. even a library or something, right? So of right. Course, not, not only, it's, it's, we're finally at a point to, like we were talking about earlier, where the industry is coming to you and asking for material, and that's great. And that's a huge first step. But the next step is making sure we get that material into the hands of the people who need it, isn't it? Talk mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about that, you know, because it is Black History Month and stuff, and that has historically been a problem. Um, you know, I'll, pre- I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. This book banning, um, it's, I mean, I'm trying to understand it as best I can because our book is about to come out in this environment. Right. And our book is our book is unapologetically black, like unapologetically black. There are so listen, I mean, you know like, this, Dapo. There are there are certain people in certain states who would look at your book, you know, certain, and of course, you know, literally, but they'll they'd want to burn it. They'd want to burn it, and 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 whether it was because of the black, for sure. But there's the intersectionality of it, right? Whether it's gender, um, race related, sexual, you know, orientation, whatever the situation is, it's like they don't want fucking to be anywhere near it and yep. it's in like yeah and then for and for folks of obviously like yourself and like me as well it's obscene it's 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 so the thinking is so the opposite it doesn't it's like i can't even comprehend it i don't even have the language to fucking understand it yeah 
and and it, it you know it's I, I look at like you know uh, Angie Thomas, Jason Reynolds, um, you know. Yeah authors who i follow and, and their their books are all on this list and yeah. the books are on the list it's a it's a it's a predominantly black author list like oh no it's, it's so it's and that's so, well, right well that's the thing it's so obvious it is so obvious right, right? it's 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 all marginalized authors pretty much yep, yeah yeah yep. it's so crazy and yep. you know i i think i think about this and you know um i i, I don't quite know what to make of it because i'm still you know this, this uh, again this is where the nerves come in. I've never been here before. I've never seen anything like this before. I'm still learning so much. So I'm trying to sort of get past my nerves. I will have a Zoom, hopefully, with um, Nancy in, in, in the near future, just to kind of, just to get her, her her views on things and how we plan to kind of navigate this, this, uh, <laughs> this situation. Um, but the, the worry in relation to the question that you asked me, the worry for me is, um, you know, I said to you earlier that, it was at 25 that I started to kind of pry into my blackness and what it means to be a black man in the world today and trying to sort of understand how to feel empowered in that. You know, um, it was at 20, 25 that I started to do that. And I realized that quite a few people, you know, quite a few people in my age demographic who are parents don't have the language. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't know the terms for things. They don't have the language. They don't have access to the, to, to the things to help them describe um, what they're going through, to help them fully identify what they're going through. So there's this thing that tends to happen. Um, it's a form of gaslighting that, that, um, that, that happens globally, I think, um, when it comes to us. You know, we're led to believe that there isn't a problem, uh -huh. that it's all imagined. You know, and we can easily start to believe that and start to feel like we're alone in our thought process, alone in the loneliness that we can sometimes feel when we're navigating the world, alone in all of these things. And, you know, um, having these books available, these books give us the language, you know, they give us the language to, to express things, to talk about things. They give us the knowledge. Um, they just validate our experiences as well, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and, and my concern is that if these books aren't available or readily available to people in the black communities, um, it will just keep us in the same state of mind, if you will, as we've been in for all these decades, uh -huh. you know, and I think, and I think, you know, not to turn into some conspiracy theorist out the blue, but I, I think that's a huge part of why the ban is in place. I think there's this fear that if black people, um, and um, marginalized communities get this knowledge and read these books, you know, they might fight to change the status quo. Oh, it's fear. I think it's that's, a, it's, I think that's oh, yeah. the fear. It's, it's hate for sure, but it's fear of, of yeah. you know, not of losing this fucking sybaratic white, white state that they've been, you right. know, in charge of for so right. long. And it's, it's, it's fear it's, of fear of surrendering yeah um right. you know forget for, forgive me for using the term because i don't like to think of things in terms of power dynamics but i do acknowledge that they absolutely exist yeah um but oh, yeah. fear of fear of the power dynamic shifting yeah and yeah. being being evenly distributed and that's that's what this is it it was it's the same fear that kept them from wanting to share a bathroom with a black person you know right back in yep. the day or yep. or or have or giving them the right to vote you know or whatever the situation you know, and, was and, and, yeah, you know, yeah. and books books will books will it's the fear that books will radicalize people that's right and it's that's crazy right. because because you're not worried about people radicalizing people you're worried about books radicalizing people well, it's, people it's, are being it's, radicalized well it's, it's every it's, day right and in books but more sort of 
broadly information they've been radicalized right. they've been radicalized every day by people that you have given power yeah to. oh yeah oh, right for sure so yeah. like this is this is so like this is allowed to go on but you know dare people being dare, dare people um empower marginalized communities in a book right. you know, how dare they right it's 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 book burning i mean they're just they're it's because it, it, they know information is power and Right. So what happened? What what happened before when when people burnt books in the past? Right. What happened then? This is what I right. We have history is a good report. Like you know, literally, uh, it's never ended well. That's right. It never never ends well. well. So no, no, yeah, it's fear of law of losing this. Like I said, this sort of sporadic state that they've they've. I I guess they would say they've worked so hard to to keep and maintain. But of course, it's just it's just it's all it's all bullshit, right? But um. Anyways, let's, uh, I didn't want to let you go before we talked about that because it is important. And, and I really love that quote about, Oh, I'm not rushing by the way. About, um, go ahead. Um, but no, I do. Let's, let's get you out of here on this one. This was a, a little fun. I like the one page, the standing on the shoulders of greatness page too. Um, and, um, please help me with her name. The artist who drew that page. Onion. Onion. Uh, yeah. She's yeah. a brilliant, exceptional artist. Wonderful art. But just talk to me about sort of like the notables on that page. Who got who? Did you choose them, or did she, or was it a team effort? Because it's it's all like just wonderful sort of uh, people. Uh, people, I think. I mean, if most people will recognize all of these names, at least uh, uh, for sure, most of them, anyways. Yeah. So initially, um, it was initially I was sent a list um, of people suggestions from the editor Joe Um, and I had to go through the list and I removed quite a few people from the list and replaced them with with other people. But we wanted to keep it to a list of people that um, were reasonably recognizable. So that's why you'll have your Obamas in there, your Beyonce's in there. Um, And then we wanted to, we were aware that we were making these books for, um, intergenerational audience um so that's why we've got your stevie wonders in there yeah. um we've got your steve mcqueen's the same bolt and fella cootie as well and we try to kind of cover the diaspora as much as we could as well i think yeah. um we could have had a few you know um afro-latina um people in there as well people from the south american community the afro-latino community in there um but where I think we received a, um, a Hail Mary pass is that in the Brazilian edition, we've got that. Oh, cool. Like the Brazilian cool. edition has come out and it's, we added an extra spread to that book that oh, has, very cool. um, you know, that has that representation in there. Right. So, and it's, it's, in, it's done in a similar fashion to this particular spread with the authors on the shoulders. Very with cool. The, with the characters on the shoulders, right? So it's done in a similar, in similar fashion. So yeah, that's that's how that's where it came about, right? And it's just it's and you know it doesn't mention it on this page. There's another page where it talks about just how important you know the ancestral connection is, right? To, you know this, yeah. this this idea that the ancestors are, are there and they're watching and 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 they're you yeah. know they're they're proud they're proud of you, <laughs> you know to keep going yeah. and you uh, know, it's, yeah. it, it, it was it was um it's so tricky because. You know, I, I wanted to kind of bring that home, but I was just thinking to myself, how can you say this thing without repeating like corny lines that you hear and stuff like the ancestors are watching. But I was like, you know what? 
those lines exist for a reason. Yeah, that's so no, just no, so yeah, so just put it in there, just say it. Like and, and we yeah. did, and it worked. You know? Oh no, yeah, no, say it loud. And, yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah, yep. and, and yeah. you know, and 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 it was in tribute to the way that we say that in the black community, we talk about the ancestors watching, 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 being proud of us and all the rest of it. So it was in tribute to that, you know? Well, it's certainly in the United States where that, that ancestry, that history has been stolen. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, and it's, it needs to be taken back. It needs to be reclaimed. And not only does it need need to be reclaimed, it needs to be fucking like shouted from the highest mountains you can find. Right. So any opportunity you get to talk, you know, to, to, to give a nod to the ancestors, you do it and you do it loud and you do it proud. Mm. No doubt about it. Um, Mm. Doppel, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Uh, I was very much looking forward to chatting with you. I, I, Hey, you is so great. It's so beautiful to look at. And, you know, I think I put on something on Twitter about, you know, if you need a list of artists to support, here they are, right? I mean, if you're, if you're one of these people that is struggles with trying to find, you know, artists, uh, whether, whether it's for, whether it's for commissions or just to, to enjoy their work, like there's a good list. Just here's your, I mean, here's a great starting point. This is why we did the book. This is literally, that's the, you know, obviously we wanted to tell the story, but this is also why we did the book, you know, any you know what we get all the time from publishers is like oh they're just on the back talent's not there it's just not there and that's what we get in the uk so i was like well here you go here's a whole directory of 18 really talented artists that you can pick that their work especially in children's it covers it runs the gamut of all the different styles that you would want in children's so here here we are yeah so it's removed that excuse and what i'm glad to say has happened in the uk especially is pretty much everybody that's worked on the book has work you know off the back of it this book is a, especially in the puffin office it's a directory um that people can look to to find artists and obviously we're not saying that the the um, talent pool is just 18 deep not at all there's more but it's a oh, great yeah. starting point and you know with um joyful joyful the anthology that's 40 talents in total 20 illustrators and 20 authors so that's another directory that's waiting to be dropped and we tried to and we actually successfully apart from myself managed to work outside of all the artists that worked on hey you so there isn't a single artist from hey you in that book awesome yeah i'm gonna that's that's one of the links i'm definitely gonna post and and make sure those things get out there all these beautiful artists and illustrations because you know once in a while you'll see you'll see on twitter somebody saying hey does anyone know a you know a black a black illustrator or a black creator or margin just a marginalized creator in general and and uh, i love those threads because that just like feeds feeds me right i get to see all you know what i mean so it's always great to to add to the list so yeah wonderful wonderful like i said this is one of those books that it's gonna you know the return on on your investment talking to somebody who buys it is is huge so yeah doppel thanks mm-hmm. so much yeah this book's been out in the uk for a bit um but it comes out uh, february 1st in the united states and canada i assume as well um yeah enjoy the uh, North American launch. I know you're not, you're not able to do it as, as you would hope to have done. You're going to have to do it from, from, uh, from home, but uh, remotely. yeah, remotely, but uh, yeah, good luck with the launch Doppo and um, good luck and uh, best of, best of fortunes with joyful, joyful as well. I can't wait to read that. I'm very excited for it. Thank and uh, you so much, Steve. Thank you so much. There you have it. Another episode of everything is canon all wrapped up. Huge thanks to Dapo for taking the time to chat all about. Hey, you, Find Dapo on Twitter or Instagram at DapsDraws for more information. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen and head on over to Cinelinks.com for the latest movie, TV, books, and gaming news. Please continue to be safe out there. Bye for now. And, and-
Objection. <laughs>